Hello and welcome to a special edition of The Mandate. This is your host, Gitanjali Devakar. The counting of the votes for the assembly elections held in the states of Kerala, West Bengal, Tamil Nadu and Assam, as well as in the Union Territory of Puducherry, is underway. What would the results mean for the four states and the Union Territory of Puducherry? We speak with Business Line's political editor, Purnima Joshi, to learn more. Hello, Purnima. Thank you for joining us on the special edition of The Mandate. The counting is still underway, but it's rather obvious from the results so far that some parties are bound to govern the state in the days to come. Let's go straight to West Bengal. What do you have to say about the results that are visible at the moment? I think it's a massive blow to the BJP, which has put all its resources in Bengal. The Home Minister has been literally paying the state a visit twice a week since February. And they had built a huge momentum in Bengal, obviously given their past performance in Lok Sabha, where they'd won 18 seats for the first time in Bengal. And their vote share percentage was just like 3% less than the TMC. So it looked like the BJP had got it going. They had zeroed in on the anti-incumbency against Mamta Banerjee. They had done their bit of social engineering, attracting the Namashudras and invoking caste identities that were not visible in Bengal so far. Also raising the issue of NRC and communal divisions in the state. Mamta looked like she had been cornered in Bengal and in between her chief strategist Prashant Kishore. His recording came out on social media saying that Modi is quite popular in Bengal, there is communal division and so on. But she's fought back. Mamta has been a fighter since, since the CPM ruled in Bengal for over three decades. She's done some clever candidate selection. She's introduced a very strong measure of welfareism with a lot of schemes for women. And, you know, that is a factor that has not been so far counted. I've been looking at the channels and so on, is women voters in Bengal. I've been to Bengal myself. And if you talk to women separately, there is a lot of empathy. There's a lot of support for Mamta. She's been able to create a separate sort of constituency for herself. And they have schemes which target women specifically. They give them bicycles. They give them a whole lot of provisions the distribution of rations, etc. These schemes should not be overlooked when people go out to vote. And it's a substantive share of voters in Bengal. Plus, there's a sort of invoking of a subnational identity. What with Derek O'Brien, etc. saying tourist gang to Bengal, saying that they are, they are the ones bringing COVID to Bengal. And one shouldn't overlook the fact that in the last two phases, the campaign literally stalled. People couldn't go out and campaign as much as they did in the first few phases because of COVID. It sort of seems to have become a total bipolar election. And the third player, which is the left and the Congress, got completely wiped out. So in places like Murshidabad, Malda, Midinapur, South 24, Pargana, which anyway, TNC was strong there. But here, especially in Malda and Murshidabad, the Congress seems to have just lost the plot completely and their vote, vote has shifted to Mamta. So I wouldn't call it a communal election in the sense that a majority of the Muslims in Bengal have entirely rallied behind Mamta, but most of the Hindus have not voted for the BJP, which was sort of depending on this kind of communal polarization in Bengal. It's Mamta Banerjee, you have to give it to her. She's the sole sort of 
strong campaigner for the party. She's campaigned all over in a wheelchair. And uh, it's sort of worked for her. And she's winning even more handsomely than 2016. For the BJP, it's a very big blow because they'd invested a lot in Bengal. So far as they were concerned, it was a low-hanging fruit because the opposition to Mamta had dwindled with the left decimation there. And they were looking to fill that vacuum, which they have to some extent. But their performance has not been what they expected, obviously. If you look at it, especially comparing it to the 2019 elections, there was a vote share difference of only 3% between BJP and TMC in 2019. But now, as the results are coming in, there's a vote share difference of almost 10%, 11% between TMC and the BJP, which is huge. If you analyze somewhat COVID impact on the elections, I wouldn't go so far as to say that, but the victory of left, particularly in Kerala, their handling of the COVID crisis, this is a state that is very badly hit. The number of deaths, they've contained it to just 48 a day. Even in a small place like Chhattisgarh, which is recording like 296 deaths a day, it's a very high number. Delhi is going into 300 and so on. Kerala has contained mortality rate. There isn't that kind of rush that you're seeing in Delhi and UP, not even to be mentioned what is going on in UP because they're not even doing enough tests. It's being underreported and curtailed. In Kerala, they seem to have done well, not just in the handling of COVID, but also what happened in the Nipah virus outbreak in 2018. There have been two floods. So the government has done well there. And people have, for the first time in decades, I would say, People are returning an incumbent government to power in Kerala. So that goes so far as to say that. And even in Assam, I would say that the performance of the BJP, even though they were hit by a, a very big crisis because of the National Register of Citizens, which kind of excluded a whole lot of their own voters. And there was a lot of anger in Assam. But they have some good strategists there, good ministers. Himanta Biswasarma is a gift to the BJP from the Congress. He used to be a fairly senior minister in, in Tarun Gogoi government before the BJP rested him out. And he's literally delivered the Northeast to the BJP from there. And they've done some very aggressive welfareism. There is a scheme called Arunodoi in Assam, which has done very well with the women. They give them pension per month. They've planned to increase it. Uh, to 3,000 a month. To tea garden workers, they've given out a whole lot of welfare measures. So that seems to have worked very well for the BJP in Assam. If you look at Tamil Nadu, the results were sort of on expected lines because AIADMK has not been able to recover from Jailalita's demise. And there's a lot of factionalism going on, even though the government's performance has not been all that bad. But that can also be attributed to the structures and the systems that are already in place in Tamil Nadu. DMK, on the other hand, has got its house in order. They have a good party structure and the cadre base. And Stalin has been working consistently and he's been able to emerge out of his father's shadow and look at their performance. These are elections that I would say a jolt to the BJP in Bengal and a bigger jolt to the Congress, I would say. They are nowhere in existence. They have lost even Pondicherry. But Punma, the question that has been pondering my mind is what happens to the left in Bengal right now? Because that was a party that ruled the state for about 30 odd years at one point. The left had started disintegrate from 2011 onwards with a whole lot of his cadre fleeing, a lot of them joining Mamta. Even after Singur and Nandigram, the left has never, especially Bengal unit, I would say it exists on its in its own bubble. And they've never sort of apologized for what they did in Singur and Nandigram. I mean, those are two big movements that literally plucked the left out in Bengal. 
and they never gotten around to either changing that direction or saying that what we did was wrong they've never been able to sort of recover from that decimation and a whole lot of them have migrated their cadre has migrated either to the bjp or has been driven out of the state literally by mamta banerji there's a lot of violence that goes on in bengal which is why the bjp has been able to present a very strong alternative the left has been just sort of edged out of the discourse and their alliance with the congress has not just not helped the left but it has marred the congress's chances they had a better chance if they had gone with mamta banerji in this election we still have people gathering around certain places and celebrating no leader has actually said anything against all of it is there some sort of politics going on behind all this as well well you know this is the nature of things among our people as well you know, i should say that the leaders should have been more vigilant of this given the scale and the positivity rate and the treacherousness of this virus they should have been a strong message from all leaders not to go out and into a celebratory gathering after the results and it is so unfortunate after the clear evidence that that because of the large public rallies and so on there is a surge in all these states kerala the surge is entirely due to elections in tamil nadu there is a surge in bengal you are seeing over a thousand cases every day unlike kerala and tamil nadu which still have health systems and so on to take the shock of the pandemic bengal is what one fears besides calcutta you do not have basic healthcare facilities in bengal All right, forever. That will be it. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Gita. Stay tuned for more podcasts. You may subscribe to our Spotify channel, Business Line Podcasts.